0: 88.1 WKNC. This is a local beat mini exclusive. I'm your host, Adam Kincaid. Joining me in studio right now, I have Adam and Joe of local band Blaggard. Fellows, thanks for coming in today to, to chat with me. Hey, thanks a lot for having us on, Adam. It's great to be here. And we're here to talk about uh, your new album. It's coming out. It's called Mach 2. It's been released February 26th at the Reservoir in Chapel Hill. And also February 27th at the
1: Dive Bar in Raleigh, is that correct? Yep, that's exactly right. We're going to be having some vegetarian chili kicking off things at 10 o'clock on the 26th. Please come on out and have some fun with us. All
0: right, well, let's go ahead and talk about the album a little bit. This is your third output. Yeah, I think you had an EP
1: and then a full length, and this is your other full length. That's it. Yep, we uh, released a uh, five-song EP that was with a different drummer, and it was a pretty different sound back in, in 2006. And then in 2008, Adam and I did our first LP called Bobcat, which came out in the summer. And then we took a little time and wrote some new songs and, and came out with this one. Never
0: So, can you talk a little bit about how Mach 2 is different from the other albums you've put out?
1: Yeah, um, from the inside, it's not as easy to tell, but like from the outside, what we hear is it's a little more transparent. It's like a little bit more. It's a little more vocally oriented. It's not. It's not math rocky at all. I don't. I wouldn't say it. it's not showboaty at all. I mean, not that like I'm ingve or anything like that. But like you know, it's not like look at how neat we can play. It's more like song oriented. So. And we just had a lot of fun doing it. Songs are, you know, it's it's gotten called a dark record by like the couple of reviews we've gotten, but you know, I think that's m- might be just inherent to the nature of uh of Adam. He's such a dark 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 person. <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
0: <laughs> I guess so this <laughs> is this is the uh sort of Black second Cold. reincarnation of Blaggard. Is that what you're saying like, you know, Adam's sort mm-hmm. of a, not a new member to the band. This is your second Released by him, but yep. how are the how are the two different drummers different?
1: Well, it, it's really more like the Shakedown Crews had a different drummer on it, and then we actually got going. Because Adam and I have been playing for three and a half years now, and I played with the other drummer really for the guy who recorded on Blank Face Clocks with me. He wasn't a drummer. He was playing bass in the first incarnation of my band, which we were okay, had a different name and the whole bit, and we were a three-piece, and that drummer who was an old friend of mine. He got his girlfriend pregnant and had to quit. So, the bassist billy he he he's, he's you know a really strong bass player. He just you know picked up the drums and he 's a great like a c style rock drummer. He, he then got his wife pregnant and had to quit like right before the record came out so uh, when, and then I was I, you know went out on my own for a little while, I tried to tour on my own, I played like five shows out of town, and I thought to myself, "Gee, this really kind of sucks <laughs> and so uh, after that, I was like, well, i've got to find a drummer. I found a drummer as fast as I could, it happened to be a lucky choice, Adam. And uh, we have mutual friends. And, and, you know, one of our first practices, I was like, Adam, you know, you're probably going to get your girlfriend pregnant, you know, so just just letting you know. And, of course, that is exactly what happened. But, uh, yeah, Adam's been the drummer for like three-plus years now, so that's kind of how I consider it, you know. So, Joe, you haven't gotten your wife or girlfriend pregnant yet. Um, if I have any children that I'm not aware of them, um, uh, which is, uh, you know, just fine. Uh, they can, they can stay in the imaginary category up until the point where I have enough money to pay for them.
2: Until they hear this interview and then they're going to be like, daddy.
1: Blaggard is to blame for you having a
0: child. How do you feel about that? It's a good thing. You know, it's a good band.
2: It's a great way to have fertility and I got a good kid out of it and he's he's musical. He rocks, even though he's two. I mean, it, you know, er, everything ha- has worked out that, like, I was able to stay with the band, and I could still tour, so it hasn't really been, you know, it, it can often be a downturn in the momentum for bands, and it certainly has been that a little bit, but, you know, for the most part, it hasn't slowed us down, and it's, it's a good thing, and, I, you know, I love what I'm doing. I love being a father. I love playing the drums i think it's a great test
1: it's a test of like commitment too it's like you know the first couple guys that that reproduced and then had to drop out you know it's they they were in their 30s and like my age or older they're older than me actually and i'm in my late 30s and so you know at that point in their life they're like you know they were just like looking for for something different adam being younger when he he had you know I'm, I'm, you know, speaking for you here, man. But like, when you like had that life choice, you were like, "Well, I'm not ready to give up rock and roll just because I've got a kid." I was.
2: I'd been in one band that was serious before Blackguard. I mean, I had done stuff for years and always recorded at home and that kind of thing, but I hadn't toured and recorded records and actually had those records like put out and sold in stores and online and stuff. But for one band before Blackguard, and so, and, and that was like. You know, two years prior to my kid coming into the world, that was why I had placed myself where I had and why I'd done everything that I'd done up to that point. And it wasn't it wasn't time for me to walk away from it, and it's still not now. And you know, something unexpected happened, but it, it was a very good thing. And you know, I I wanted both things, so
0: I got him, America. I got him. Congratulations, Adam, to being a father. That's definitely a really cool thing. And let's switch gears here and talk a little bit about the recording of Mach 2. Uh, now I understand this was recorded at Track and Field Studios.
1: Yeah, this was, um, the, the, the record Mach 2 was recorded basic tracks in Raleigh, actually, at Regular John mm-hmm. Studios. They're an Analog Studio quoted down to tape, one-inch tape machine for all the tracks and a couple of the vocal takes on some of the songs. Well, that place has a great great sound and I recommend it. They've got like this one room where you do the basic tracking which is like a big cathedral-style round room where you get some really nice natural reverb, which was cool to have on the record for the drum kit and for the vocals. So uh, I'd love to have done the whole thing there, but it's just a little bit outside of our budget to be able to do the whole thing analog, so we We've, we did as much as we could in, like, the two or three days that we had there. And then we switched it over to um, track and field in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Did all the overdubs and the vocals there with our friend Nick. Uh, Nick was the engineer on the whole thing. He did um, Bobcat also.
2: There was something really cool. Having th- this being my first time recording analog, it was neat to not stare at a computer screen after you recorded. Because I think, you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily – it just changes the process a little bit. So to, just to be focused on what you're hearing and not think so much about what you're seeing at the same time was pretty neat. And the sound that that came out of it was good.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that like um, having not recorded analog in like a decade, it was very refreshing to get back to it. It's like it's very much more performance oriented. Like you got like two or three tracks, you know, that you can put your t- your takes down on. You can't do infinite takes. Yeah, the
2: editing capability is not there like it is with digital, so it keeps you on your toes.
1: Yeah, Lots of splicing and
0: and stuff like that. Did you actually do reel to reel?
1: Yeah, it was on it was on the one inch reel. So I think we had like sixteen tracks, and maybe it was twenty four. I don't remember. I guess that sixteen. It was sixteen. Sixteen, yeah. Of course. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and you know it's like it reminded me of recording with my band Capsaice 7 which we recorded analog on 2-inch tape in California for the record Horsefly which I'm I've just put out now too and that's available at my download site which is the www.pigzenspace.com p i g z e n s p a c e.com anyhow the guy that we recorded with Mark Trombino he is um he's like a real stickler for getting it right and and I remember like like doing takes and him going like well can we keep that one and like, let me try it again. And he'd just be like, nope. You know, so, <laughs> so it's like, if you're going to do it better, do it better. If you're not, don't. You know, it's like, yeah. And that's the kind of pressure that a, a musician should get sometimes, you know. Do it better if you can. If you can't, don't. And if you can't do it better, you know, wash out. It's a thing that I do.
0: Let's switch gears here once more and talk about pigs in space. Um, I'll just let you sort of go with it. I've actually never heard of of pigs in before. What exactly is it, uh, mm-hmm. and, and how did Blaggard use it?
1: Back in in the nineties, my rock band put out the vinyl seven inches on our own label, and we called it "Pigs in Space." We we spelled it differently. I changed up the spelling just a little bit just to make it simpler. Um, there was like an apostrophe in it, which uh, we've already got enough apostrophes in our in our names. And pigsinspace.com dot is like it was like my answer to, well, what the heck am I going to do with Bobcat, which came out, you know, in 2008. And uh, I wanted to have the capacity to have people be able to, to have access to this in places like all over the country. And, you know, I know that it's, it's really has a lot to do with whether or not they've heard about where they can go. But if you can get that information to them, then they have the ability to download it if they choose. And I, I didn't know like how we were going to get our music on iTunes. I still don't know. You know, I mean, what do you do? And then you're just giving like forty percent of it to, to right. the Apple Corporation, and you know, if I want to give something to the Apple Corporation, it wouldn't be money. You know, um not that I want to <laughs> it'd be a
2: big uh, middle finger <laughs> and maybe like
1: a, a pig's heart with a nail in it. Yeah, it'd be like a turd pie, <laughs> like turd icing. <laughs> <laughs> So what about the uh, the album release parties? You're
0: actually doing two album release parties. Uh the first one is Friday, February 26th at the Reservoir in Chapel Hill and, and the next one is in Raleigh the next night, Saturday night, February 27th at the Dive Bar. Let's talk about the Reservoir one right now. I understand there's some burlesque going on and and maybe a little bit some some acoustic stuff as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's it, tonight's going to be a lot of the, the performances are going to be by us. We're playing around midnight. Right before us, there's a, a burlesque and magic act. The uh, the, re, the magician's called Reverend Spider, and the burlesque performer, her name is Rosie Hellfire, and they're both from Charleston. And uh, we met them down in Myrtle Beach one time, and I think it's it's going to be great. She's a, she's a really great performer. It has a lot of neat acts, and uh, he is a crazy. Smokes uh, perfume, tobacco. You know, he's he's like a magic man. He appears in a puff of smoke, and you know, he he, he like steals your brain out of your head. Uh, and but um, well, he's
2: all into voodoo, and he wears a, one of those big duster jackets, and walks with a cane, even though he's probably in his twenties or thirties. But uh, he he showed us a few tricks when we were down there in Myrtle Beach, and it, it, I think it's a very intriguing mixture you know having a burlesque and a musician playing with a rock band and you know we were we were hoping it would drive some people out and give people a little bit of something different to see and to combine with a rock show and
1: so we'll see what happens i'm really
2: looking forward to
1: it yeah it's going to be a lot of fun we got uh, starting it out it's going to be with uh, mark smith michael rank M- and michael rank was in snatches of pink also called clarissa mm-hmm. yep And Mark Smith was in Patty Duke syndrome, and they're just gonna play some, some, some like acoustic folk as a duo. And I'm, you know, real happy to have like some seasoned great songwriter veterans start the night out and friends. So it's like, you know, it's keeping it old school, keeping it real, going for like a little bit of a sidetrack through some sexy, crazy magic stuff. And then back to blackguard playing rock. So, yeah, so
0: you guys are not doing acoustic, just to make it clear.
1: That's right. We're doing the uh, just what we do, which is uh, you know loud, high energy stuff. So, and uh, starting it out at ten, I think it's going to be my friend Bo, who has a catering company, putting out some hot uh, vegetarian chili, some three bean chili. So that's going to be a lot of fun too. You know, just uh, you know, eat up on your beans, watch the magic. It'll be cold, so
0: chili is perfect yeah, so it's gonna be freezing nice <laughs> what about tomorrow night uh, uh tomorrow night you're playing at the dive bar
1: in raleigh and i believe you're playing with Asheville band yeah they're called solito If you want to check them out i think it's like a myspace forward slash solito s-o-l-i-t-o and they're a art punk duo and they've got some really neat sounds it's gonna be a lot of fun they're playing at the dive bar it's a free show it's a it's a nice room come on down and have some fun with us it's gonna be great
0: What about your uh, tour plans for the spring, I guess, and into the summer? You know, you have a new album coming out. Are you mm-hmm. going to sort of
1: promote it all by playing shows? Yeah, we're getting out there and we're going through our usual circuit. We try to hit like um, the Northeast for about four or five dates, and then come back. Maybe do a South tour. Like we're just going through like South Carolina, maybe like four or five dates there, and then back home. We're we're not we're not really heading out for like a month or two or anything like that. You know that is one of the things that ha- about having like responsibilities in terms of Adam have, has, has a child. You know he's got. You know I, I've got like a house that like you know the doors barely shut and it's like got leaves on the floor and stuff. So I don't really don't care. You know I just make my rent and pay my bills. I'm good. But Adam's got like the real thing happening. He's got to keep his, his stuff locked down so we don't go out for like three weeks and play to nobody. You know we got to keep it real. So we're gonna do as much touring as we can. And then, like, you know, come back and and make a little more money and then go back out. And
2: It's good to have, I think, sort of less dates because it makes you real strategic about the dates that you do have. And you have a little more time to promote it and get more people out. And, you know, you don't get so stretched out on your finances from being that far away from home and, you know, just making 40, 40 bucks a night and spending 60 and.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, I think we keep that in mind. We're like, well, you got to you got to tour and keep yourself happy. I mean, we, we'll go out there and we'll play to nobody. And, and we'll be like, how about that old guy at the bar, man? He likes us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I saw him at the last show. He likes us a lot. And we're like, you know, you know patting each other on the back. And if that happens, that's what we do, you know, because we, we're not going you know, to be, you know, upset about it because that's how you break up. But like we, um, yeah, we go out there and we, we're building on it. You know, we're going to go to like uh, New York a couple of times, Philadelphia, Wilmington, Delaware, you know, expand on that. So it's just going to be like four or five shows going coming up in the end of April, and then et cetera, et cetera, Hopefully hoping for more opportunities and, and building on it as quickly and as reasonably and as effectively as we think is a smart thing to do, right? Something like that. Well, you guys,
0: I mean, you're a duo. How is that difficult in terms of, you know, making music, you know, is, it can be a sort of in-depth. It's it's very, you know, it's, it's drums and it's guitar and vocals, and you can't add any... Any more elements to that, and on your albums, you usually keep it just those two instruments. You don't put anything in there that you can't do live.
1: That's yet. correct. Yeah. So,
0: you know, how do you think that changes, or you know, how does that make it more difficult to be a band?
1: I think it, it actually enables a lot instead of making it more difficult, because I think that you know, if if you're a confident player, then you know, and that's one of the things about Bobcat is that you have a lot of room to work with. And so you can be like, all right, I'm going to juggle some chainsaws, throw a torch in there, you know, but like, that's, that's one of the things about Bobcat that didn't uh, that I in retrospect think didn't transfer or didn't communicate well. The, uh, the, we just want to like the songs to be something that people like and enjoy and get something out of. We don't want them to like, you know, be confusing at all. And if you put too much into it, but like, I know what you're saying. It's like, I've been in four piece, you know, and I, and I know what that's like and, where you have, like, cool bass lines and cool leads and other harmonies. But, like, you know, what we do is, like, we have our vocal harmonies, which are, are that's one instrument. You know, the vocal is an, is an instrument. So we got two vocals, and then we got the, the guitars and the drums. My guitar playing is such that I'm happy to have all that tape width to put guitar on. I like that. I like being able to put, like, you know, complicated stuff down that, where you don't feel like it's boring. You know, I don't strum bar chords. You know, I, that's not my thing. You know, I I might do it on, like, you know, uh, on, on the occasional chorus, but who doesn't? I mean, come on. Yeah, you do that, too, don't you?
2: Well, Joe, if I can speak for Joe's playing a little bit, as in, you know,
1: someone who's not Joe, I, I
2: think that he does a lot of elements that normal guitar players do, but he combines them a lot. Like, he, he does play a bar chord, but then that's followed by, like, four single licks and back to a bar chord in the course of, like, two seconds so it's like do,
1: do, 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 do. you know
2: that, that's a,
1: yeah, not a bit yeah. yeah i like that i'm glad we got that on on recording man that's yeah
2: lay that down for a demo for the
1: next record
2: but yeah i mean i think that it, you know that that challenge forces you to you know you don't necessarily want to sound like a big band but you do sort of have to fill that space up because that's what you expect as you know you've heard bands that you like and usually they're made up of more people And, you know, it's the same for the drums. I think that because, you know, I really like bass lines and back beats and harmonies and all all that good supporting rhythm section kind of stuff. So what I do on the drums is I play a little more toms and maybe other drummers playing similar styles of music do because I fill in the space that's there from not having another guitar or a bass guitar. And I like that challenge. And I think it's, it's maybe a better drummer and, you know, well, that, that's it. I didn't have anything more. It's made me a better drummer, and I like
1: it. Yeah, we're not trying to like make a point of being a two piece. If like we ever like looked at each other in practice and went, "Wouldn't another member be great?" We'd get another member. But we just, we, you know, we're happy as a two piece. I mean, and all of our infrastructure is aligned with that. We got we tour in a minivan. We can't fit somebody else in there unless they're small. Our like the, the stuff we like the box we lock all our gear into. It doesn't fit anything but our gear. We'd have to, like, get, like, a, a like a U-Haul trailer if we got, like, another member. You know, it's just, like, it's a lot of complications.
2: it also makes it harder just for practice, which is very important in being a tight band. We practice at least twice a week, and it's really easy to get two guys together. But if you talk about getting three and four people together, that confuses things quite a bit.
1: It, maybe it we'll get somebody just for fun. Like, we'll get somebody that has, like uh, – More problems than me. Well, get somebody that has like uh, like a big drug addiction and like a bad girlfriend, and you know, and is like has no work ethic and lies a lot. Brings Uh, their rabid dog to practice all the time. Yeah, it smells bad.
0: (laughs) You guys are describing me perfectly. Maybe I'll join the band. I don't know. I've been talking here with Joe and Adam of Blaggard. They are coming out with a brand new album. It's called Mock 2. It's been released tonight at the Reservoir in Chapel Hill, February 26th, and also tomorrow night, February 27th, at the Dive Bar in Raleigh. Fellas, I want to thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me on this local mini beat exclusive.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Adam. Appreciate you having us on, man.
0: Or I guess local beat mini exclusive.
1: Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, you know, that's the way I say it at least.
0: (laughs) Well, fellas, thanks so much and come back anytime. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks again, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks, Adam.